Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. Chris Tannehill is at that. Chris Tannehill. And our show is at Locked On Socks. And thank you for making Locked On Socks your first listen every day. And Locked On Socks is free and available on all platforms, including right here while you're listening to us on either application you're listening to us. Either it's Apple, Spotify, whatever it is. And on YouTube at Locked On Socks. 312-566-8727 is the way you can reach us via voicemail. And we have a couple of those for a show that's going to be later on the week. And LockedOnSocks at gmail.com is the way you can le- you can leave us a email. Ugh, I'm flustered. My mouth sucks. Whatever. Chris, how you doing? Herb, what the hell, man? You told us that the Sox were going to win the World Series. That was your prediction, and you were high on them all season long, and you got all <laughs> excited after after the corn game. I think the corn game. You got all excited, and you thought this team was was a team of destiny, and they were going to win the World Series. What the hell, man? You really you really misled our audience here the entire season, five days a week. God damn Sorry, it. I got you guys hyped up. <laughs> your hopes up. Hypes up? Ugh, God. What's wrong with Yeah, you're coming out. Good. Uh, yeah, uh, man. This is uh, what we're about. Uh, keep it in. I don't care. <laughs> no, yeah. We're, I, I'm, Fuck I, it. I don't have we're to. doing it live. I'm sorry, Tegna. So sorry. Um, yeah. So, yeah. No editing tonight. I'm not going to stay up late editing this this show. Uh, this is a... That was a disaster out there uh, earlier today, and yes, I could say today because we're going to post this very late here on Tuesday night. Sorry about not doing a show and having it ready for you guys the first thing in the morning today because uh, the only show that would have been done was the aftermath of Ryan Tapera's comments, and to be brutally honest with you, I don't really give a shit about what he said uh, at the time. It was cool to see those fa- those quotes come in when we were doing the post game the other night uh, but after it happened and you hear all these people sit up there on the podiums and give their lip service and get on their high horse I really didn't care much about it after the fact so I really regret nothing because ultimately it ended up meaning nothing I think but here we are Herb the White Sox are done playing baseball for 2021 I don't know where, where to start or where to begin you kind of t- tipped to me before we started recording that you are not as disappointed as maybe you, you thought you would have been. This one took me a while to get over. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was a it was a quiet car ride home from for me tonight on the way home from work. But look, we're we're gonna do our best to talk about this game itself. What happened in this game? How it affected the rest of the series? What what things popped up during the series that had direct implications on this game and the series in general? Um, and we're going to get to your calls probably tomorrow. We'll drop that sometime tomorrow afternoon, so you won't have to wait too long for it. But we'll drop that tomorrow afternoon because, boy, you guys showed up on the Locked on Sox voicemail. Uh, and it's going to be basically like an Irish wake. Everyone's going to get together and shit-talk each other, and uh, we're all going to be fine at the end of the day. Uh, except there is still that person in the casket, which is the 2021 White Sox. And and then uh, later on in the week, we're going to try to save our big-picture stuff for later on in the week because yeah, I'd like to avoid – 
snap knee-jerk reactions to what the Sox need based on one bad week of baseball. But still, there are some needs, and that's pretty clear. And those things may naturally come up during the course of the discussion here today. But... Sox drop a just a, a horrendous. So what a what a way to end the Ugh. season. Ten to one at the hands of the Astros, uh, and the season's over. The the Astros they move on, and they're going to play the Boston Red Sox, of course, who take down the Tampa Bay Rays. Look, this this goes to show you the the fragility of the postseason, the randomness of the postseason. No one expected the Red Sox to be there, still standing, and definitely not topping the uh, you know best team in, uh, in the American League, Tampa Bay Rays, no one saw that coming. And you see the Braves topple the Brewers, I believe, uh, as we were recording this. I didn't see if that game Correct. went final. But, yeah, so the Brewers are done after mm-hmm. having a very, like, you know, the, the one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball, and there they are. It's the Spider-Man meme with the White Sox, you know, the Brewers and Sox looking at each other with their great pitching. Uh, and the Brewers pitching didn't really lead them astray uh, in this postseason series as much as the Sox pitching staff did but oh boy just a, what an awful series you get boat race 10 to 1 in an elimination game at home fans show up blackout atmosphere and you just go out there and you you get embarrassed but i the the effort wasn't embarrassing but you just got outclassed in every way uh, how are we feeling today after this one has had some time to sink in there herb and that was why i didn't feel as bad if this was a close series where the White Sox are battling back and forth and they lose a close series, like, man, we were just there. I'm glad the Astros blew them out in this game. You know, sad that the White Sox had the lead, you know, the season's over, but it gives us as a fan base the reminder that we're not as good as that team is. We thought we were. I thought we were better than the Astros. I looked at them I was like, you yeah, know, when we played in Chicago, we're pretty tough. We didn't have our full lineup, but no, we had a full lineup. And we had our full pitching staff, and they underperformed. And the for the Astros to just beat the White Sox, I think, what, in two of the three wins that they had, they just demolished them. It's a nice feeling to know that, okay, that is a better team. We didn't underperform, even though we did. I feel better that that team beat the hell out of us. So it gives us a little incentive to go into the playoffs and know that we didn't get beat because – we're making mistakes all the time. We got beat because they're better than us. And that is a, a good feeling, a better feeling for me to know that a better team beats you, even though they are a detestable organization. Ooh. Their fan base sucks. Their writers suck. I hate them. And they're going to make me root for the goddamn Boston Red Sox, who also suck. Kyle Schwarber's not that sucky. So I'm going to be rooting root for him, Endeavors, and, and uh, Xander, Xander Bogarts. But otherwise... I got to root for the goddamn Boston Red Sox to beat the hell out of the Astros because I do not like those people. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm 38 years old, and you know, I'm, of course, I'm passionate about sports, passionate about the White Sox, passionate about baseball, but I don't have much hate in my heart, man. There's too much hate in the world. There's too much, too many good things out here to live for, and you know, I, I find hating things to be just, you know. It's like what? What do you say? That's that's like the uh, the the poison that you drink and hope someone else dies from. Like that's hate and animosity, jealousy, all that stuff. You can put it all into one. But the Astros, that that's that's a tough go if if you're looking for for a team to, to root for in the next round. Um, that's a that's a hard pass for me. And we're gonna get to Carlos Rodon in a second. But just to give you a little taste of that stuff that Herb is talking about, here's Carlos Correa with Fox Sports 1 on the field uh, in postgame right after uh, the, the Astros clinch 
after the final out. And he was talking about that big at-bat against Carlos Rodon that uh, put the Astros on top 2-1 to one there in the third inning with the bases loaded. Here's Carlos Correa on Carlos Rodon. It was, it was one of those at-bats that, you know, watching the game, I saw he was striking people out with the fastball up. And, uh, you know, he was yelling and banging his chest. So I was like, I'm 0-2 right now. Bases loaded. They crowd on their feet. He wants to he wants to blow a fastball by me right here so he can bang his chest once again. So I was all over the fastball. I was trying to get on top of it, and uh, he threw it, and I capitalized on it. I was ready for it. So, Carlos, this year you've heard from the fans in the stands, reminders of 2017. Th- during this series, you heard it from Ryan Tapera, an opponent. Did his words referring to the science-dealing scandal have an influence on this team? Uh, disrespectful words with no facts, with, with nothing to say. We scored six runs at home. Then we score what, um, like nine, and then we score six again here. They just happened to score 12. And then you look at our OPS on the road, what's the best in all the big leagues throughout 162-game season, which we play 81 on the road. Um, their OPS was a lot higher at home than it was on the road. So, you know, just another kid that needs to know the facts or, you know, what else needs to do. It's just so condescending. The, the whole taking a issue seemingly with Carlos Rodon thumping his chest there, man, Obviously, we're we're biased with the way we look at this, but Carlos Rodon was not showing anyone up out there. This man was pitching postseason game in front of fans for the first time in his life, given all he's got for his team, his city, the fan base, getting himself pumped up. You know, he probably had more stuff, more velocity than he thought he was going to enter the game with, and he's out there excited. He's not disrespecting anyone, but apparently Carlos Correa took offense to that and, you know, he took exception, which is ridiculous. I mean, they, I, they lean into it. I will give the Astros credit for that. They know everyone hates them. I don't, I heard, I was listening to the post game show uh, on ESPN 1000. No, don't tell anyone, but, uh, you know, I was listening to them just to see what the vibe was like. And there was all sorts of people tipping their cap to the Astros and how they're uh, a good organization. We even had some of that on, on our airwaves too on the score. They called them a good organization and, you know, just uh, they're, they're just professionals and, you know, people will be rooting for them the, the next go round because, you know, they, they play the game the right way, this, that, and the third. And yeah, five straight ALCSs. But I'm sorry. Like I said the other day, like a lot of what uh, their foundation was built on, it was bullshit with the cheating scandal. Yes, they have all the talent in the world. But think about all the people who got jobs because of the things they did in 2017. Think about all the people who lost their jobs because of what they did in 2017. Players, coaches alike, who were on the opposite end of, of battles with those teams. And, you know, you thought you just get beat and you got to gotta improve your team. But, no, that you found out they had an edge. And it is what it is. And I'm not saying that they beat the White Sox because they had an edge. But the, the condescension and, and the, the holier-than-thou approach after the fact, uh, to me, you can miss me with all that shit, man. That's that's what annoys me about this team the most. As I, I don't mind arrogance. I don't mind cockiness in baseball. We need more of it, to be honest with you. We need more personalities. But, you know, the, the, the whole thing where you act as, as if, like, oh, what, what's this about? Are you thumping your chest out there? at me you know like what come on man give me a break that 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 irritated me after the game they're so smarmy dude yeah i i don't like them i wish they lose in a straight sweep right here and i'll be talking hell yeah i'll be talking (laughs) and act and acting like the 2017 scandal was like some thing that didn't happen i could if you're a person who was on that team they apologize at the time and to act like ryan tapera's accusations are out of left field 
is garbage because the Houston media and the national media with Peter Gammons asking for an apology from Ryan Tapero going into the Astros clubhouse and ask for an apology is trash. They didn't do their jobs. And so when somebody brings something up, it's not beyond the pale. It's not out of the blue. It's not a thing that you say, okay, what is this? What is this guy saying? No, you guys have been caught cheating before and didn't get punished. And so, yeah, people are going to talk about you. And if you want to say after that, man, we really slugged Ryan to pair, which they didn't. I think they got one hit off of him. Tep backed it up, time. man. Tep backed it up. I yeah, will say that so, about him. You could say whatever you want if you backed it up, and he was the only guy they couldn't figure out. They did get that hit off of the inherited runner that scored on the play. But, yeah, man, he backed it up. Yeah, and so, yeah, I I do not like those guys. I don't like their fans. Even the guys that, at the Locked On Astros, <laughs> they were fine, but I'm sure they're – probably jerks because they supported a team that <laughs> cheated. Like, if the White Sox cheated for a championship, the last thing I would do was be supportive, supportive of them after the fact. If anything, we're looking, you, for, we're looking for a reason to leave. <laughs> once, hey, once you know better, do better. I would say, like, if the Astros win a championship, then you, then you say, hey, man, this is a real championship. I think these guys won it on the level. I feel good about this championship. But that 2017 garbage – is 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 fraud it's fugazi it's not real they're frauds and the whole staff and everybody who's evo- who's involved with them are all frauds enjoy your win congratulations but you're still frauds to me and and members until, of until until further notice and members and all of fans are like oh they cheated world series too okay cool if you get the same punishment as the 1919 world world series uh losers white Sox. Then I will hear your argument, Your Honor. Otherwise, shut up, Astros fans. Yeah, let me get it out for a third time here. And members of Fugazi, and I and I heard some people on the radio saying that hey, they they paid their price. Like, no, they didn't. They didn't pay anything. And then no one paid any price. And I and I think about what happened in 2019. I'm looking at it right now from SI.com. Uh, Astros staffers outburst at female reporters illustrates MLB's forgive and forget attitude toward domestic violence. After clinching the AL pennant, an Astros staffer shouted, thank God we got Osuna. Uh, talking about Roberto Osuna, who uh, had some domestic violence issues. Uh, thank God we got Osuna at a group of female reporters. So this is uh, reprehensible behavior by the organization top down and everything that happened in the wake of that and just everything. So, you know, I'm not, this is not us. You know, bitching because the Sox got beat. We know how to get beat. <laughs> the Sox have gotten beat a bunch in our lifetime. And, and quite frankly, it's almost comforting at times because it's so normal. Uh, and we will give credit where credit is due because they are a hell of a baseball team, man. And, and we will mention that in a second here. But, yeah, just uh, I, I'm, I'm glad to not have to look at them on our TV. And then we're going to have to deal with the whole storyline of them versus Alex Cora. You know, their former bench coach who was responsible for a lot of that stuff. And we're going to, you know, they're going to spoon feed that to us, the national networks, and say why it's going to be a great matchup and fun to watch. But it's going to be a little icky, in my opinion. But I I will still watch. You know, uh, it's it's tough. I, I'm not going to say I'm going to root for the Red Sox because I, I almost, I'm very jealous of a team that has to scratch and claw to get in there, and then they go in there and they blitz through the, the best team in the American League. Like, that's an enviable position that I wish the White Sox would have been in to be able to go into the postseason with a full head of steam. But uh, it's such is life. They were not able to do that here. But let's get to this game here after a quick timeout. There's certainly a lot to get to. Now that we're done bitching and complaining about the Astros and their smarminess, uh, let's get to this game here after 
after a quick timeout on Locked on White Sox. And this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. You know, Herb, there's so many different makes and models of automobiles these days. It's impossible for your local chain store to stock all the parts your car's ever going to need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And you wait while the person behind the counter orders their parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry. Why do that when you have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket on your cell phone? You save time and you save money when you use Rock Auto. There's no doubt about it. So why spend 30%, 50%, or even twice as much more for the same parts from a chain store or, God forbid, at your car dealership, okay? Rock Auto, they're a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They keep their prices reliably low for every customer, including people like you and me, do-it-yourselfers, and professionals, okay? Everyone is equal at rockauto.com. They're all getting great prices here. They've got everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, do us a favor. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And so important, right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Locked on White Sox recapping this ALDS trouncing Astros over the White Sox. Let's get into this, the particulars of this game. We mentioned a little bit about Carlos Rodon. At the top, I mean, what more can we say about this man? What a roller coaster this was of emotions. I was watching the score studios before our show. I had a good hour before Parkinson Spiegel went on to watch this thing unfold and fully get meatball fan involved intensely in this game. Carlos Rodon comes out there, man, and he's giving it his all. He's getting it up there to 96, 97 miles an hour. He only goes two and two-thirds innings, gives up three hits, two runs there, both earned. We mentioned the, the coming off the bat of Correa with the bases loaded. He did walk two, struck out three. And for a brief moment in time, I said, oh, my God. The Carlos Rodon, who we had seen for the first two months, three months of the season, he's back, and this is all we needed for him to be back just for a little bit. We only needed for a few more innings here, and but mm-hmm. it was clear it was not going to be sustainable, and we'll talk about the plan after that, but – I just got to tip my cap to Los, man, because I don't know if he's going to be back. I don't know what teams are going to see when they evaluate him, when they open up their checkbooks. But uh, if that was the last time we see Carlos Rodon in a White Sox uniform, it was certainly a complicated career uh, filled with lots of nuance. But what he did for this team this year and what he did on that field today, uh, I cannot be any more impressed than I am with Carlos Rodon's effort today. Yeah, it's clear that he was hurt. It's clear that what he did today was heroic, and he – reach back for extra six inches to get up to 98 today. And we hadn't seen that since the last start he did versus the Astros, where maybe he emptied the tank on that start where he struck out 10 Astros, won seven innings, I think gave up nothing. And since then, he's been on E to give that effort today versus the Astros again. And when I saw the 98, 99 pop up on the radar screen, I was on 10. I was like, here we go. Rose ready. I knew it was a short-lived thing, but uh, for him to do that, where he was sitting 91 the start before and reaching at the highest 93 was very, very encouraging. This first pitch of the game was a 93-mile-per-hour fastball right down the middle, and Tuve took it down the line. I was like, oh, Rowe doesn't have it. He's only pitching 93. It's not going to be a good day. But then, yeah, that later in that inning, 99 was popping all the time striking out people left and right. And, um, yeah, when he struck out, and to talk about the Correa uh, comments, when he struck out Alvarez 
in a big spot, throwing 98 up top to get him out. Yeah, he was pumped. It's a playoff game. He's not showing you up. He's pumped about his own performance because he hasn't thrown that hard in a while. And it was a gutsy performance. And I see people, oh, he only gave you two and two thirds and two earned. He's hurt. The man is hurt. And maybe he's not letting on. And maybe the MRI doesn't show it. But he is hurt. And he's trying to make money, too, at the same time. So I don't know if that was his last time he's going to pitch for the White Sox. But if it is, a tip of the cap to you, sir, because you gutted it out and had a fantastic year. A fantastic year that I don't think any White Sox fan believed that you would have, especially after all the injuries that you had in your career. So I will um, not look at that start as anything but spectacular. Yeah, and uh, not even myself, who I was I was one of the guys saying, yeah, man, bring him back at a, re- at a reduced uh, rate. And that's what they did. And, mm-hmm. you know, not even I, I could foresee what he did in 2021. But I can tell you this, man, you know, I, I it's not my money, not our money. Uh, what the White Sox choose to do with it in the offseason, but uh, I would very much come to the table. Uh, once you figure out what's going on with the medicals, and we do need some more clarity there, get to the bottom of what happened. Um, I, I, you know, we need Sox need more guys like Carlos Rodon out there wearing the, the white and black pinstripes, man. You need more guys who, are, who have that type of balls and that type of, of guts to go out there playing hurt and, and doing it for their team and their city. They, they need more guys like that. So if, if he were to return to the White Sox without breaking the bank, uh, I would welcome that. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't you, you wouldn't have to count on him to be your number one. You know, you pitch him whenever he can at the, at the end of the rotation because um, this team doesn't need a lot of tweaks. And we'll get to that in a future episode. But, yeah, man, I, I hope that's not the last of it. It certainly seemed like it uh, when he was talking in the post game. It seemed uh, everything that's leading up to, to that start there today seemed like it was the end of something. And we, we played the audio from his last home start against the Reds. It seemed like there was some finality there. But uh, regardless, I, I thought it was a, a job well done. And I, and I have no – I would not – do it over again like I, I was one of the people that said yes I would start him in that game and that's what they did and I have no problem with it uh, I you know we can debate on how they handle it after um, the plan Michael Kopech was supposedly not available and this is why we don't talk about things we could have done that show yesterday where we talk about the post the uh, the the off day press conferences and Tony saying how Michael Kopech is not available and who's the first man up out of the bullpen throwing when Carlos Rodon gets into some trouble? It's Michael Kopech. And Kopech comes on today, and he was shaky. He pitches only two-thirds of an inning, three hits, three runs. They were all earned. Didn't strike anyone out. I, that would, would not would have been my plan. Let's just say that. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that I would have started Lance Lynn in the game, obviously, but I think having Lance Lynn – as a piggyback to Rodon would have made the most sense because I wouldn't, I would not have wanted Lance Lynn any part in, a, in an all hands on deck game five in Houston. But I think being at home uh, mm-hmm. would have been a, a nice soft landing for Lance Lynn against the Astros to back up Rodon. I think he could have given you some length and he would have thrown strikes for better or for worse sometimes, but he wouldn't have, uh, you know, issued the, the free pass. And we saw some more of that today. There was, uh, you know, uh, five walks by the White Sox pitchers today but what do you think of that plan uh, that that wasn't you know you have your ace of this of the team all season and Lance Lynn did not get into this game you just sat out there in the bullpen all day what, what did you make of the the way he was not used in the game today I would have went to Lance Lynn like you said um if you say Michael Kopech's not available he's not available gamesmanship I thought Tony didn't like but 
Apparently, he that's exactly what yeah. he likes. Gamesmanship 100%. is not sportsmanship, right? Wasn't that the quote? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, give me Lance Lynn. You said it perfectly. It's a different game at home. You got your own thing. You got your own bed last night. You got your crowd behind you. And maybe you have motivation. He's been the White Sox best pitcher overall uh, for the four, for the whole year, I would say. Would you say that too? Lance Lynn, completely yeah. the best pitcher yeah. on the White Sox. So, yeah. I, yes, one bad start. And, yes, Houston has his number. But I trust him. I want him on the mound more than I don't. So give me a chance to get from the third inning to the seventh, maybe the third inning to the sixth at minimum with a guy that hasn't pitched since last Thursday. But, you know, Tony had other ideas. Same thing with Ethan Katz. I think they were spooked after Lance Lynn got hit hard last Thursday. I can understand that, but also throw your best out there. Michael Kopech the other day gave up three earned. Not his best outing, and then the same thing he gave up today, three earned, and wasn't as sharp as he was. As people were saying on the broadcast, like it's ninety eight, but it's not the same ninety eight he used to have, and it's not the same break. It's not the same late movement. It's straight, and people were seeing it for what it was. And stop throwing fastballs low. It's the got the uh, Jason Kubel report for uh, Kyle Tucker. The fastballs low, no, don't don't ever throw that ever ever throw that to him. Keep it high and you know, keep it inside. Yeah, it was, it was a tough day uh, for, for the pitching staff. And Kopech, you know, I think maybe just, you know, a couple of guys out there got some experience. I will say that. It wasn't it wasn't all bad. You know, you, you may file this away next season and be like, you know what, Kopech, Crochet, you know, these guys getting these postseason innings in a, in a hostile environment, home and road. Although Kopech never got a chance to get in there uh, on the road, which I think is one of the biggest uh, – managerial travesties of this series I think if you're able to keep Lucas Giolito in that game in there a little bit longer and maybe have Kopech come in as a weapon but you know Kopech didn't really show himself to be a weapon in this in this series and uh, who knows what this youngster has left in the tank after what everything he's been through with the Tommy John and sitting out last year so there's a lot of layers here but Kopech certainly was not impressive in this game and you know ultimately though Herb you know uh We've talked about this a lot in the White Sox losses. You score one run across seven hits. You're not going to win many ball games that way, especially against the Astros. And I think today, you know, the, the, the score is very lopsided. But things got out of hand. We'll get to some of that in a second. But you score one run, and I was thinking, man, Gavin Sheets got the party started in the second inning. And I felt so good about us being right about Gavin Sheets, and I felt so happy for this kid who is still trying to play for a job next season. We don't know what the future is going to hold for him, but uh, overall, you look at this offense today. You know, TA's been great, but he went over today. Uh, Moncada one hit, uh, Robert one hit. He did get pulled because of injury. Uh, uh, you know, Engel didn't do anything after he subbed for Robert. Abreu went over. Um, you know, Grandal with a hit and Eloy with one hit, Gavin Sheets with two hits, uh, Liuri with no hits, uh, and Cesar Hernandez with, with, with just one hit. So they scatter seven hits. And ultimately the problem in this series is the White Sox were not themselves. They didn't get their first extra base hit until Sunday night's game, game three, and uh, more of the same in game four. But you know, that, that, that's how it goes in this series. You, you don't hit the ball for power. You don't slug, you don't hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, things are not going to go well for you, and you, you can have all the timely hits you want, but 
hitting the long ball really takes the life out of the the opposing team as that's what happened to the Astros on Sunday night. And we just didn't see enough of that long ball in this series, Herb. And I think that's uh, where, what my biggest thing is because we talked about the White Sox, what do they have to do in the postseason? What wins postseason games? It's hitting the home run and keeping the other team from hitting the home run. Well, the White Sox didn't either in this series, really. And one of the big bugaboos for the White Sox for a long time, they were one of the highest teams in ground ball rate to end the third ground ball to, I think it's a shortstop. Two double, two double plays the today. GIDP. Yeah. yeah. And the fourth inning, same thing with uh, Aloy Jimenez after Grandal starts off the inning with a single. So GIDP's really killed the White Sox. And I was encouraged by what I saw from Gavin Cheats, the home run, the double. He was seeing McCullers well. And McCullers wasn't the guy that was in Houston. He was walking people. He struck out, I think, six. But the White Sox were getting solid contact off him. And the the hit that, um, let's see, uh, the one that, let's see, Aloy Jimenez hit for the ground ball, it was hit over 100 miles per hour. It just hit right at uh, Jose Altuve. Same thing for Grandal. The start off the inning was hit over 100. And, of course, the double by Sheets uh, was hit over 100 miles per hour. So encouraging that they were hitting the ball hard off McCullers. And I thought that would uh, pretend to something better than just the one run that they scored. But, you know, what can you do when later in that inning, Cesar Hernandez just looks at three straight pitches? Like, I mean, he had four pitches in the at-bat. The first one should have been a strike. And then three other pitches that were just strikes, and he was just had the bat in the shoulder. I was like, what are we doing? Runners in the first and second, and we're not aggressive, especially with two strikes and two outs? Garbage. Yeah, man. And I thought the Sox had him when Dusty had the quick hook on the colors. Mm-hmm. I was like, and after four innings, five hits, just one run, I was like, man, we had heard people talking about Dusty Magic and how he would do something. You know, these two managers would outdo themselves with, with dumb managerial moves, but I thought this was it. You know, Dusty's leaving his bullpen to cover five innings uh, against a team that lit that bullpen up the other day with the exception of Christian Javier, but uh, I thought the Sox had him, and I was like, man, this is an arrogant move by Dusty getting McCullers out of there to save him for earlier on in the in the ALCS, but their bullpen was able to back it up, man, and you know, I liked the approach against McCullers, and he's kind of a different guy on the road, but I, I really, like you said, I, I liked the offensive approach early. Uh, I thought they came in, and they were locked in. They were spitting on that breaking stuff, and I thought the approach was good, man. And I don't know what happened after that. I guess it's a matter of just execution on both sides, of them executing pitches and, and the Sox failing to execute. But uh, I think that's that's what went awry here is you know, they, they, they failed to seize on the opportunity of getting into that Astros weak underbelly, which is their their bullpen. So uh, that, that's how it goes sometimes. You know, A lot of odd things happen in this series. And they were outclassed in every single way. And you know, I don't know if there's anything else from this game you want to get to as we're running out of time here because we have another episode left here to go with your calls. But, uh, you know, Jose Abreu getting beamed late is another thing of note here. And, I, you know, I, I was I found myself pretty upset that they didn't retaliate. And I'm, and I'm not a Judge Roy Bean. I don't need a pound of flesh here. But that, to me, that was pretty disrespectful. It was pretty clear. Jose Abreu got physically hurt, not hurt, but, you know, the, there was a physical result because of words by Ryan Tapera, in my opinion. And then that's your captain, that's your MVP, and the Sox did nothing to retaliate. And I know it doesn't do anything, and you're probably going to get someone hurt in a big fight, you know, uh, you know, and you're trying to just make it home to your families or whatever, but I, I, I thought that was uh, – 
I, I was not fond of that, and I, and I don't think baseball bean wars uh, have a, a big part in today's game, but if the other team's going to be on the offensive and you don't do anything to stand up for your team, uh, you know, I, I didn't enjoy that very much from our Sox. What, what did you make of that? I'm not a fan of throwing baseballs at people, so the Houston Astros showed me exactly who they are, and I'm glad that the White Sox didn't retaliate because we're adults. Um, I just hope that the Houston Astros get their comeuppance. That's all I w- hope for. I hope Boston just smoke smoke the shit out of those people. Here, here's what to- sing- here's what Tony said after the game about that. But the stuff there in the in the eighth inning was just leaves a you know, just a bitter taste in your mouth and in my gut. That's just there's a character shortage there that they should answer for. Stupid too. Anything else? All right. Thank you, Tony. If they don't admit it, then they're really dishonest. Yeah, Tony, that's kind of what their deal is. Uh, They're dishonest. A character shortage. I thought that was uh, was pretty strong stuff to end. It was Tony's last words on the podium there, and we'll get to his future uh, in a later episode here. But, yeah, to me, um, you know, wouldn't have done anything either way, but uh, I thought that was just, I don't know, it just added insult to injury there at the end of the season, not sticking up for, for Abreu. And then, of course, you know, you, you give up the bomb to Altuve. You know, it's really, you know, uh, it's, it's just uh, one of those things, I guess. I just didn't sit right. Maybe I was just mad at the time, but as I look back on it now, probably uh, means nothing. But uh, uh, anything else from this game before I take a quick timeout and wrap things up here? No. All right. That, that, that's that's about what I thought. All right. We'll take a quick time out, wrap up the show, tell you what's coming up tomorrow on Locked On White Sox. And Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Did you know Bet Online is back and they're better than ever? All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro, college, and football action this season. Bears got a big matchup here uh, coming up, a division rivalry, one of the great rivalries in all of sports, Bears and Packers this Sunday. We have no idea as of our recording of this show uh, the status of Justin Fields after leading the Bears to a big victory on the road in Vegas. Uh, The early lines here without knowing who the starting quarterback for the Bears who are going to be at home at noon on Sunday. Right now, Bears are currently four-and-a-half-point dogs here. So if you want to get in on that, over-under set at 45, Bet Online is the place where you want to place your action. They've got a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. And Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50%. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKDOWN. Football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season, like betting against the Astros. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet in all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the games start. All right, that episode went fast, but we've got a lot more to unpack from this season finale from the postseason finale from the White Sox getting bounced we have a ton of your phone calls and if you are a Sox fan who is miserable and if you're a Sox fan you're probably miserable most of the time like we are you're going to want to hear this next show that we've got coming up Uh, we're about to record this show right now and you'll probably hear it in the afternoon on Wednesday at some time when I'm sure you guys are still going to be pissed about this loss in this uh, postseason series to the Astros so we're going to get through some of your calls And then later on in the week, we're going to talk about big picture stuff, uh, roster moves that need to happen. Uh, What, uh, you know, 
inefficiencies uh, were, were, you know, were highlighted and uh, inadequacies were, were shined a light upon in this series against the Astros. We're going to address those and figure out how we can make this White Sox team better for 2021. Because I got to say, Herb, look, looking back at it now, and I'm sure we'll revisit this a ton, a lot of the things that we that we were begging uh, Rick Hahn to do, um, and it's not all up to Rick Hahn. I'm sure a lot of it was uh, financially um, limited because of COVID, but all that's going to be over now. You got big crowds in 2021, and so 2022. Hopefully, you get yourself higher than where they were in the payroll rankings. Hopefully, you get yourself in the top 10, uh, you know, top 10 in payroll. But a lot of our moves that we wanted to make going into the offseason last year ended up being pretty good ideas. You know, these mm-hmm. these, these were not like anything earth shattering, but these guys were sitting on the couch for a little bit. Nelson Cruz. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, who's still in the postseason, you know, for you know these things, man. Uh, we've got some ideas here, so we're gonna, we're going to get to some big ideas and uh, figure out how to improve this team. And I'm looking forward to those shows all off season long. Me too. Um, that is Chris Tannehill. My name is Herb Lawrence. It was a tough day, whatever. Our show is at Locked On Socks, and thank you guys. And once again, this is just a read we do, but I really sincerely believe that you guys make us go like uh, listening every day, sending us. Uh, text and emails and then you know our guy uh zach burn every day re watches and listens to us and then sends out a tweet that says hey locked on socks was on today you guys should check it out i feel most i feel most bad for zach like when when we don't do a show i feel most bad for zach because he's like the first one that's he's probably our first listener every day at least in the morning there may be some people who catch us in the midnight hour but he definitely starts his day with the show and i feel like we let zach down when when we don't do a show in the morning so uh, yeah and and that's really appreciated like you're making this show your first listen every day and that's good so it's available as you guys know on every platform that you have for podcasts and also on locked on socks on YouTube. So for Chris, my name's Herb. Thank you for listening to Locked on Socks.